Hello, everybody. It's Harry here coming at you with a much delayed episode of Alston Pudding Presents, the podcast presented by Alston Pudding, presented by Polar Seltzer, not, I wish. Come on, Polar, what do you have to lose? Nothing. I kid. I don't. I'm not kidding, Polar. But I kid. I just, I tease. Yeah, anyway. It's been it's been a couple months. Things have been busy on my end. I have been sitting on this episode. This episode was recorded like July, the very beginning of July. My my guest is Fitzgerald, uh, formerly known as Reverser. He is a guitarist, singer, songwriter. I met him because he is the guitarist in the bands of like Cliff Notes and Tim Hall. Cliff Notes has been on this show. Once you're done with this episode, if you haven't heard that episode from last season, season two, you should go back and check that one out. Anyway, Fitzgerald and I, we've, you know, known each other for a minute now, been buds, we, you know, but he is gearing up to release solo music, so I wanted to have him on the show and talk to him, and I am, I mean, so like, one of the reasons uh, why this was delayed was I got very busy this summer. I got very, which made me very tired. I busy with like main responsibility, like day job work stuff. Um, I ended up I, getting caught up in, in, uh, moving. I was sick for a couple of times <laughs> that kind of took me out. It, you know, it's, it's been a busy, uh, kind of stressful at times, few months. And, you know, also I've just, forgotten to to do this i've forgotten to to edit it i'd forgotten to record these the intro and outro and so i appreciate fitzgerald a lot for his patience his album still hasn't come out as far as i know i'm recording this uh, uh the first week in october i'm not that i'm not saying that to try to like tease him or prod him but like hey you know it, it didn't it's not like it hurt the promotion of the album. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's still, uh, a work in progress on his end. I think he wants to tweak everything, get it right. Much respect to, to taking your time to, uh, to get out what you exactly what you want to get out the way you want to get it out. But yeah, I mean, so the long awaited interview with Fitzgerald, I, I love this episode. And so I'm glad that I gave it the time on my end to uh, to edit it and get it the way that I wanted it to be. This this was such a great talk. Like, this might be one of my favorite conversations that I've had on this show now, 41 episodes in. Yeah, I uh, this is this is just guys, just a couple couple dudes just being vulnerable. This is a soft soft episode. I'm hardly the first person to say this, but I, you know, I believe very strongly that it's important for men to be vulnerable, to be tender with themselves, to, to try to communicate things, troubles, stresses, pains, traumas, what have you. It's, it's important for, for men, for us. I'm lumping myself in there as one of them. It, it like it cannot be stressed enough how how important it is, and I uh, really really appreciate 
Fitzgerald for having this conversation with me, being open to having this conversation with me. Uh, let's set let's set the scene a little bit. I mentioned it a little in the episode, but like this was the beginning of July. It was oppressively hot and humid, and you know we have to. We're doing this remote, so we're both recording our ends at home. And to to record, if you're going to record a podcast at home in the summer, you, you need to turn off your AC because that's going to make sound in the background and like you want to mitigate background noise. So we spent like two hours on a Zoom call in the height of summer, swamp ass fucking weather. Just I think that just put us in such a, a a vulnerable state that we couldn't help but talk about our feelings. I read Kafka at one point. Uh, <laughs> what you want to know where my head's at? Every time I notice this weird thing, a couple at a couple points in my life, where when I was at a time of immense change, somehow not intentionally, but somehow just subconsciously i found myself drifting towards the writings of franz kafka and it around this particular time i was really fascinated by his letters to melena which i you know i've poured over the past few months i like i could talk about at length i it's a pretty beautiful very pretty sad text uh it's not like his fic if you ever read his fiction like the metamorphosis it's not that it's not fiction it's just these letters he wrote to this woman that he only met like two times in his life but it was like just head over heels uh smitten by and he's just if you've ever if you've ever found his writing to be uh like obtuse and impenetrable at times this is, while not unobtuse and penetrable <laughs> by any means, it's it's much more. It feels like it feels like a much more honest level of Kafka's writing, um, expressing his his desire. Well, the reason I do that is reference that in the episode is because we end up talking about failed long distance relationships and. Uh, yeah, anyway, you know, I'm kind of rambling now. It's a 90-minute episode, so there's, you know, I don't really need to go on that long. I just want to thank thank Fitzgerald again for sitting down, taking the time to talk to me. Before I get into it, I do want to say a big thank you. This is, I was nominated for a third year in a row for Music Journalist of the Year at the Boston Music Awards. Alston Pudding nominated for Music Publication of the Year uh, as well, which is more important to me. If I had to choose which categories to win, I'd rather have Alston Pudding as a whole win Music Publication of the Year. I, well, I don't want to sound ungrateful, but I, I don't, like, I, I'm not a music journalist for awards. Um, I am super honored and appreciated. But, you know, anyway, yeah, big shout out. I, I do want to express a, an immense amount of gratitude and uh, a sense of feeling honored to be nominated for, for Music Journalist of the Year for the third year running at the Boston Music Awards. Alston Pudding nominated for 
Music Publication of the Year, and this show nominated for Podcast Radio Show of the Year. Thank you so much for the nominations. If you're listening to this, please, Pokemon Go to the polls and vote for this show, Austin Pudding. You can vote for me, too, for Journalist of the Year. I don't want to sound unhonored, but, like, I'm super honored, but, like, I'd rather have Austin Pudding as a whole win for Publication of the Year. I'd rather have this show win for uh, Podcast of the Year. And then, you know, if there's anything to spare, I, you know, obviously I got into the the world of um, local music journalism for the, the renown and recognition. Uh, uh, I mean, first, it was, you know, it was the money is the main motivation to the women and, th- and three, the awards. Uh, those are the main three reasons I got into the, the wild playboy lifestyle of a, of a local music journalist. <laughs> Thank you so much for the nominations. Uh, vote for me. Uh, go to the Boston Music Awards website. And you can fill out the ballot there. But yeah, thank you so much. Without further ado, here is my interview with... Oh, um, fuck. Before I forget, you should vote for our photographers too. We have an unbelievable array of photographers who work with us. As well as, you know, no one's on an exclusive contract. You know, they'll shoot for other publications too. But, you know... They work so hard. They're so talented. As you know, as someone who has in the past two years been dabbling in concert photography, I I look up to them. Uh, I I look to them as as benchmarks of quality. But big shout out to to Emily Gardner who regularly shoots for us. You vote for her too for live music photographer of the year. I don't want to forget her. She is immensely talented. She's won the award two times at least two times in the past. But yeah, she is incredibly talented. Also, they don't they don't shoot for us, but I want to give a shout out to Adam Partial, Ben Stas, personal friends as well, great people, also incredibly talented photographers. The live music photographer category is undoubtedly the most difficult category I have uh to vote for every year because it's usually I, I look at this list and there's three people that I know personally who I would love to see win this award. There's also other names who I haven't met personally, but I know like Brent Goldman, Brittany Rose Queen. We're we're connected, you know, via social media and stuff. Like we have I don't think we've met personally, but also incredibly talented photographers who are in their own right, completely deserving of winning this award. This is the toughest category, but because Emily Gardner is an Austin Pudding photographer, I got I got to urge you to vote for her. But yeah, they're all super, super incredibly talented. But yeah, so Austin Pudding, Music Publication of the Year. This show, Austin Pudding Presents the Podcast, as podcast radio show of the year emily gardner live music photographer of the year and if you feel like it me for music journalist of the year those are the four categories i urge you to to vote for austin putting related things in thank you again so much for the nominations i think i could i'll speak for all of austin putting here i definitely am speaking for myself all right here's my interview with fitzgerald what's up 
I'm with Fitzgerald, formerly known as Reverser. Recent name change. Uh, yeah. What uh, what was the motivation there? Ooh, um, I've been going by Reverser for such a long time, and um, it's it's interesting. I think for a long time using a name that like kind of doesn't spell out necessarily, like unless you like. Mm -hmm. say it a lot or if you know if it's if it's if it's audible you don't really know i guess how it's said so i i think for a long time i always fought with it not translating like immediately to somebody um so but i i also liked the, the mystique of it and you know i think uh it was it's cool to like finally relay like what it means and like you know like what i guess how you say it and somebody being like oh like that's that's how you say it um but for a long time i, I thought that the um the music that i that i was doing at the time fit that name um or maybe even I, I started writing music to kind of fit a certain identity um but just fairly recently i just i started doing a lot more vocal songs and um i guess just like songwriting in general um having the ability to record music mm. on my own um and i just kind of just rebranding type thing and, and just kind of like a new sound new breath of fresh air type thing cool yeah yeah i know i i had realized when i was listening to the well, the th initially the three tracks you sent me, and then yeah. when I went back in to to you know to re-listen to them because this is like we had to reschedule. Yeah, <laughs> that's a funny story. Too. Yeah, yeah. So I, I realized that uh, like I hadn't heard you singing, like I've heard you play guitar live, uh, but I hadn't heard your singing voice, and I was like, I was like, damn, he can he he, he can. Uh, you can sing these are these are some good melodies well thank you yeah um, i think that for a long time um you know i grew up with uh, a pretty musical family like my father um was like a singer songwriter so i always grew up kind of with uh somebody singing even when there's no music going on um uh you know and just like kind of like a very like uh mayor approach to just kind of you know like social interactions with family you know my dad was just like always kind of singing and, and bringing people together type thing um so for me you know like i i always was in touch or in tune with with singing growing up um same thing you know on my own in the car whatever um and i, I happened to record some music 2015 to 2017 i put out an album that was um i didn't produce myself um i had the help of this guy named joe clapp from ultrasound productions in like hanover but it was like Pretty oh, electric. shit. That's my neck of the woods. Not oh, Hanover cool. exactly, but yeah. Yeah, like. yeah. Um, really, uh, really awesome guy. He's one of one of my dad's friends. He produced some of my dad's records and stuff like that. But um, there was definitely a little bit of a disconnect as far as like how I wanted it to sound. It's like he was doing everything. He was incredible. I, but I think just in, uh, for, for me at the time, it was just hard to kind of recreate the sound I had in my head. Mm -hmm. So I think after that project, I think I just was very content with um networking and, and just kind of you know because guitar has always been my first love anyways but um just kind of you know just being able to display and express myself on that instrument um yeah. but over time you know just you get some songs and stuff and you now i'm kind of feeling the the push and the confidence to actually just kind of push these things out there yeah absolutely yeah i because um what we we met in what like fall 2020 maybe yeah. 2021 at, yeah. like, at like emo Yep. and because i hadn't like seen you perform with like cliff yet but like you were like oh shit, yeah i'm like cliff's guitarist uh so was it around that time that you had started playing with cliff that yeah i think that was the first that was the first full band show i believe um 
but it, it was, I mean, that, that year was the first, he just texted me out of nowhere. Like we, we were already connected, but we always had like this, like mutual, like, you know, just love of like, you know, each other's expressions of music. And uh, we had that con- connection, but then like he hit me up, you know, kind of like a few months into the pandemic, you know, I'm sure we're both very isolated. And he was just like, Hey, I need a, uh, I need a Johnny Greenwood to my Tom York. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. I, like, uh, I should, I guess to- <laughs> for the listeners, I should say, uh, Cliff Notes, who's you know former guest on the show, just for context. Yeah, Cliff is uh, Cliff is the homie, man. Um, we were, he just sent me a uh, he sent me a photo of Christoph Porzingis um, <clears throat> saying that it looks like me, and I was just like, <laughs> "Wait, uh, hold on, where's my phone? Oh, wait, it's up. My phone's it's all the like way the new, it's like the room. newest Celtics." Uh, like yeah. the, it's like a picture of him with the uniform on. I'm just like, yeah, oh. the ones they posted today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hold on. Um, I I, yeah. I gotta since I have your face right here, I gotta. <laughs> he's got a beat. He's like, I mean, it's kind of coming back, but he has a good amount of facial hair. I'm like, I'm not like trying to grow a beard right now, but it's just happening, dude. Yeah. Well, so I I was trying to hop a fence uh, <laughs> the other week. Oh and shit! When I came down, I like my leg didn't like catch the landing correctly and so i like slipped a little and my chin ended up hitting like the pavement oh damn and it was like it didn't like it stung a little but it like it was like bleeding a good amount and i was like out with people and like you know so we like cleaned it up yeah but it wasn't until i got home and like none of them told me that like my chin was still like pretty fucking open (laughs) and so at like 11 at night i was like yeah, I'm, I think I should go to the ER and get this stitched up. And so That's I had tough. stitches in. Yeah, they were like, yeah, you made the right call because this is not going to close on its own. Damn. And I was like, yeah, cool. I'm glad I, because I've never gotten stitches. I had only had my, like, I'd gotten, like, glue before, like, on my head. All right, I need to find this picture because I'm not even Damn. looking at you. I haven't even looked at you in, like, two minutes. That's the, uh, that's that's quite the fall, too, because it's such a short distance, but it's so much, in, like, speed you know, on your way down. Like, yeah, that's crazy. I'm glad you know. I was like, all right. Yeah. I was glad it wasn't worse, but (laughs) yeah. Anyway, I failed to get the picture up quickly enough and I was like, I'm trying to explain this story and like do two things. And that's all right, man. Something I'm working on. I'm like, no, no, no. Like do one thing. (laughs) Story of my life. (laughs) Uh, Shit. All right. So we were talking about, so yeah, if, if you're listening to this, look up, go to the Celtics Instagram account and look up comparing uh, it contrast. yeah yeah i'm more on the side of contrast but i mean it's because it's supposed to be me but it's not but yeah so um yeah i'm glad i'm glad we mentioned cliff and we should also mention tim because i just saw you tim hall who i just saw you perform with at bams fest last week yeah because uh, you had so i'm trying a, like a new format like to prep for these interviews and yeah. you, you were kind of the first one to oh get. cool to get that yeah where i just like give me some topics some people some musical influences whatever like you can you know like it's pretty open-ended just like things i should be aware about before talking to you sure cliff and tim were on that list oh cool so tim and cliff both i think both of them i've been aware of their musical stuff and just their impact in boston and, and beyond um I would say around like 2019, like, like, or no, 2018, like prior to the pandemic. 
Um, and I was at that time, I think I was, I had started performing with the trail James. Oh, nice. So I kind of had a little bit of like a leg into like certain friend circles and like just kind of meeting people like in passing and like at certain shows. And I was also at the time playing with Alec Hudson, uh, who's now in Brooklyn. Um, he's doing his thing in Brooklyn right now. Oh yeah. He's great. I, I yeah. Met him, uh, yeah. He's, he's him been a friend of mine for years. Once, yeah. Yeah. So I've known him now for since like 2015, I want to say, but I was performing with him a lot in his group. Um, and we played a Radiohead. We, we covered in rainbows at lizard lounge. I, when I was introduced to him, I was like, like Radiohead was like, oh, you guys should talk about Radiohead. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. And I think in his set, he covered, uh, I forget which song it was off OK Computer, but he he did cover a, a track off OK Computer. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, he's he's incredible. Um, just incredible songsmith, saxophonist. Uh, definitely check him out if you ever get a chance. Alec Hudson. So he I was playing with him for the Radiohead thing. And then he had uh, we had Tim and Cliff uh, open uh, with a set. I think it was with uh, I think it was Build under Hall & Oates. Oh, yeah, was, yeah. That, that was my first. That was like like my first view into just them doing like a duo set and it was like half dj set half performance and improvisation it was so cool um and it was a great like way to like kind of warm a crowd into performance in such like an intimate space um so that was really cool uh, so when i met them there I, I think it just kind of took off and i just from that point i just started following tim um you know tim is tim's just like so easy to He's just such a, you know, just a, a, a likable um, and just motivational person, you know, so yeah. being around him was just kind of like, in a way, magnet, magnetic, you know, and, and I just, once I started playing with Tim, it just kind of all felt right. <laughs> so I love playing with Tim. He's, uh, he's his, his message and um, just his ability to engage with a crowd is unlike, I think, any anybody I've ever met. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was great to see him at bams because i went to the um like a, his lizard lounge show yeah like a couple months ago and you know he he'd been like prepping these tracks for for a while like i hadn't seen him perform uh solo i'd seen him in cliff's band and yeah like that that show is like very intimate you know like a basement club yeah and like getting to see him like on at like and that sound system at bams was like every artist sounded fantastic yeah yeah it was yeah it was really cool yeah that was a was, good day yeah it was cool to see like both ends of the spectrum on like tim's performance right like the small the intimate and then just like super powerful for sure yeah he's um he's definitely got a a really good sense of forming a set to to fit the situation Mm -hmm. um and you know we've had rotating members and stuff like that and every single time it's just still so powerful and and each person that you know that kind of i guess you could say substitutes in or or whatever is um just brings their own their own power um like eric fells recently um and then you know from drummers from like christina edwards to daniel marino like it's just there's a lot of like really talented people that just kind of step in and like Tim's music is just so captivating as, as a player that you're, it's just, it just allows you to be yourself. So yeah, it's really cool. It's a good experience. Especially also as a big fan of like spoken word poetry over, yeah. over music. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'd be pretending if I said that I was like into that stuff before 
because yeah, I, I've been, a, I've definitely been a fan and I've been an admirer and, and, you know, from in a way from like a distance, cause I've never really been like involved in that scene, but Tim got me into like, you know, just checking out other artists, mm-hmm. hearing them. Amanda Shea, also incredible spoken word artist in Boston. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, and it's cool how, how many there are actually out there, um, that yeah. are getting more of a platform to perform and get their voices out there. Cause that stuff's really important. So, yeah. Uh, no, I've always been a fan of like, even when it's not like it, like everything, like it, it's not the main thing that the musician or band does. Like I, I think like 10 years ago, I made like a playlist of just like random, like spoken word songs across like various albums that I was like really, oh, really shit. into. You still have that? Yeah. yeah, yeah somewhere. Send that shit to me. Yeah. yeah I will. Cool. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's sick. So like, there's like a talking head song on there, like a velvet underground song. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah no i i love i love that shit that's dope. like i'm a i'm a big like poetry fan i've actually been reading a lot of poetry lately like a lot of like romantic poetry not like not oh. in terms of the era but like the vibe you know hell yeah yeah that's really cool maybe i could get into like some like sci-fi poetry or like Ooh. i want to yeah I, I know it's out there you know there's always those subcultures and subgenres of, of yeah thing. i don't think i've encountered like sci-fi <laughs> poetry Oh, that's cool. Necessarily. Yeah. So, I mean, that already, like, I love sci-fi and I love poetry. So if you're trying to, like, pioneer a new let's do this. poetry yeah, genre, man. yeah, let's, yeah. Let's just throw, uh, like, some uh, eight-string guitars on it, too, and just make it like a uh, like a Death Grips type thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, meets Meshuggah. And we're both going to be very satisfied. Yeah. Kind of like, I like where your head's at. Yeah. Yeah, I could tell. I hadn't really heard them until, like, sometime last year. And uh, like I heard, oh, you know, shit. I heard like a like a song on like a reel, and I was like, uh, "Sick, yeah, fucking sick!" Like, they're an experience. I've never yeah. seen them live. I've had the opportunity. I was supposed to see them in February of 2020, but they canceled it. Um, and this was before this is before the pandemic was like a was like a, a a bang. But it was, I think it was, or maybe it was the, the, that month. It was March, but I was supposed to see them in Worcester and Worcester. And, uh, <laughs> America's yeah. Venice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Las Vegas. It's Home out. of Polar Seltzer, who, now this is an ongoing thing. Please sponsor the show. I I, I should have grabbed a, I don't have a Polar with me, but I would love to get one right after this show. I might just. The uh, first brand that I locked eyes on in my general vicinity was Lysol. So I don't know <laughs> if that's, I don't know if we want to promote them. They've been mm. known to be pretty problematic. They do clean <laughs> things pretty well. If you put it in your body, you know, it gets the COVID <laughs> right out. It's a good lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Mashuga. Um, a really good friend of mine, Chris, uh, he was a great bass player and violinist. Um, he I, He's like who I started playing the original bands with like way back in the day. He got me into Mashuga, And just just like listening to it in his, he had like for some reason in his bedroom, he had like a surround sound like, I don't know what kind of speakers they were. You know, I'm not really necessarily like an audiophile, but like this, this dude had like cabinet speakers, like in every corner of his bedroom. Oh, we would nice. listen to like catch 33, like in full in the middle of his room. And it was just like, I felt like I was being like abducted by like the most violent alien race known to man. Aud- like audibly, it was a sonic, obviously <laughs> sonic experience, but yeah. it was like, I felt like I was being like lifted off the ground by like some sort of menacing species was sick yeah 
Damn. Yeah, I'm sure it's an experience. A room like that is like a like that's a goal one day. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some people have home theaters. Like this is my stereo room. Right. Like, you know, that old, that like famous ad, I don't even remember what it's for, but it's like the guy stand like sitting in the, the armchair in front of the speaker and he's oh, like, yeah. getting blown away because it's so powerful. Like, first of all, yeah, excellent ad. Like, right. yeah, like gets, gets it through. Yeah, for sure. You know, that's a, you know, that's some Don Draper shit right there. Yeah. But yeah. Oh my God. I'd love, love to do that. Yeah. I'm glad you, you brought up like a heavy band. Cause like my currently like my two listening lanes are largely really heavy stuff or yeah. like the smoothest r&b i love that i'm i've been loving that duality for for myself that's good that i mean that's right there you get you get the the best of both worlds in a lot of ways you know tempo and volume dynamic yeah like it, heavy music for me was i think i started listening to like heavier stuff like as a young kid just growing up like as, as like you know a young boy and being all rebel and you know just kind of like teenager and angsty and all that stuff i think incubus is like my first love as like a band mm. that was the first band i said well no lincoln park and incubus were like my first those are my first groups where i was like if i felt like i was i was understood yeah mostly lincoln park because it was you know everything was about being insecure and uh an outcast that was you know that obviously that's like the like when emo music was like taken off that shit was bumping but yeah, and then Incubus was like uh, kind of like the, I guess, probably the bridge for me, interestingly enough, into more groove based music. Um, mm. Because I, I think I, I got to a certain age. I think once I heard Radiohead, I was like, I don't really think I need to ruin my ears to get the satisfaction from music. Mm -hmm. But it was def I think it was definitely all the contemporary or like even just like the 80s and 70s artists that my dad was pushing, like prog rock and like classic rock and yacht rock and all that stuff yeah i was definitely raised on that stuff uh yeah and like i loved it and like had yeah. an appreciation for it but i also like in terms of like attitude it's like a little vanilla right, right. big time yeah yeah and so like i was just getting more into like punk i feel like the first like heavier band for me was uh like metallica because my older cousin uh like loved them and so like i like wanted to check them out and so like he gave me sort of the the best and the worst of metallica one day because he like burnt me a copy of like ride the lightning and then burnt me a copy of saint anger because oh, it is saint anger had just came out wait can i swear am i okay to swear I, i've been just Fuck yeah man oh, yeah, okay because yeah, I, yeah. I feel like I'm just the, been like, yeah you I don't, can fucking swear yeah, i don't i you know swear all the time I actually am surprised I haven't yet. We're like 25 minutes in. I know I'm over here like I'm from Massachusetts. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, We're sweet uh, boys. Yeah, right. Sweet Massachusetts boys. I like to say the yeah. word fuck. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, St. Anger's snare, man. Like, yikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my my story about like saying like I re like I had all my CDs in like a CD book, like a big one, right? Right. Uh, you know, what a lot of people did at that time. And like a, in college, I was like my like some friends visited me at like my in my hometown and like we were driving around and I had I brought out my like CD booklet and I was like, hmm, 
I got a copy of St. Anger in here. Let's see how it holds up. Because I think when I was a kid, I was like too young to re- discern just how bad it was. Yeah. And I de- like I definitely listened to Ride the Lightning more. And St. Anger was in like remained in pretty good condition for like a burnt CD because I definitely didn't like it. But it was like I didn't un- really hear how bad it was until this incident in college when I popped it in in the car. And five seconds in, like as soon as the first snare hit, I like hit eject and I threw it out the window. <laughs> and I was like, no, that was <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sure the sound that that CD probably made when it hit the, the asphalt was the same exact sound as that snare. I was like, <gasps> my lifestyle determines my death style. That's uh, all. Yeah. yeah, that's all you need. That's all you really need. Uh, thank you. Thank you for the bar. Thank you for the bar, James Hetfield. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, another this metallica segue boston calling last year with clip notes so oh yeah yeah so i was kind of like it was paul armstrong and myself kind of like in correspondence and cliff too like with most people that like run boston calling or like you know from transportation to vip uh liaisons blah 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 so sunday comes and um i'm with some friends and we're trying to get into VIP like we have, you know, we have access as artists and stuff like that. At least we're told that. Um, but we have the wristbands and like there's like even like a, you know, like they have like the thing where you get like you, you beep in and it like gives you, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it gives you the green light if you're if you have access. So we get access, but security cuts us off and it's like Metallica is not allowing any uh, VIP that didn't pay for the experience in. So they didn't allow any artists or any any press from you know like they didn't allow anybody like into the vip mm. area so if you had a press pass you had to you, you know you had to go in the press in the front but are you t- are you implying that metallica only cares about money possibly the the band that sued napster <laughs> are you sorry i just i don't good know old, if i can good old nappy I don't know if I can allow someone to besmirch the fine reputation of Metallica on on oh, my no. show. <laughs> hey, hey, my lifestyle determines my death style. Yeah. <laughs> and you're about to get fucking sued to death by Metallica. I can't wait for uh, for libel. I can't wait. I can't wait yeah. to show up in court with an open shirt yeah. and one of those bank teller visors on. <laughs> um, I. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna lie, like I have multiple Metallica shirts, and like one of them was a tank top, and the other I ripped the sleeves off of, oh, so yeah. it, it would be a tank top, and that's like my my one of my favorite shirts. Hell yeah, it's a conflict of interest to me because like I did grow up like listening to like you know um, like Master of Puppets, like I I I very much enjoyed them growing up, and then like like you said, like once I heard Saint Anger, I was just like okay, like I don't know if Metallica is still my thing anymore. Um, cause I remember buying that CD and, and like loving yeah. the cover and I was like super excited about it. Um, cause I remember the, the yeah. market was really well for that too. But after that festival, I was like, damn man, like I I would have loved to have at least, you know, been up close and seen like, you know, an idol of mine, but I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's I mean, that's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't think I would like, not that I, they're calling, but I don't think I would want to work with them in any capacity. Like, I don't that's think like I if if Metallica requested to be on this show, I I don't know that I would want to talk to them. They're they're like a, they helped me learn when I was younger that like a really awesome band can get whacked down the road. Yeah, dude. Yep. You know that happened, and it's okay. Like you you just cherish 
what was good and like right. you know yeah. they were very foundational like to me a gateway into like heavier music down the road yep. absolutely and you know like on it every album the albums that they put out in the 80s I, i'll stand by like they're fuck insane yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, especially yeah. master Classics. puppets and ride the lightning like ride the lightning's like yeah air force ones and skinny jeans that's what's yeah. up like that that whole time period like when they were i mean they were they hit they hit like so hard you know they were like very polarizing group like right away it's yeah. hard not to respect that there's like a documentary about because there was like during the, sa the satanic panic of the 80s like there was like like they were associated with like satanism and so you know like like there's a documentary about how there's some like murders and i want to say like arkansas oh really yeah like like a very rural area like there was like murders and like these three i think like two or three kids uh like teenagers got life sentences in prison i i oh shit want to make sure i'm getting this story right but yeah, I saw the documentary and it was like I love these. I love documentaries. But they were they were like Metallica fans, like you know, oh, were, like wore Metallica shit like all the time and like blasted Metallica music. And so because they did that, they, it was like assumed because yeah. there was also yeah, and it was, was this yeah, in the nineties. Yeah, uh, late eighties, early nineties. Okay, because um, this does sound vaguely familiar. Like I, I feel like I've, yeah. I've heard about this story, but if there's a documentary on it, dude, I would love to see that because I love investigative. Uh, I just binged Black Mirror, man, and like I need shit to watch. Oh shit, yeah. I I'm that's another thing that on the list you sent me was dystopian Ooh. times. And yeah, Black dude. Mirror was like the first thing I thought of because I was like uh I saw a tweet the other day that like resonated. There's a lot of episodes of Black Mirror that I think are great. Yeah. But like I think there are more that don't hit for me. And so the like the tweet was like, yep, yeah, when Black Mirror doesn't hit it's because it's not fiction it's just sort of like it's too real reality. and it's like yeah i yeah i get it yeah yeah for sure i i love the the writing um of that show and and specifically like just the i always i've always loved like shows or even just movies that just kind of don't necessarily end with a lot of resolve and there's this tense feeling of loneliness at the end mm-hmm and a lot of, I guess, not subjects, but it, it feels like a lot of their, a lot of the characters and a lot of the main characters, like there's like a root of that kind of like lonely, need, needing needing some sort of acceptance type mm. thing for whatever, for whatever the, you know, it's either they're, they're what they're going through or like whatever the circumstances, whatever the, the, the problem is in the show or the, the plot. Yeah, well, I, th I think one of the things Beautiful. that the show overall does well is that like, dystopianism isn't just about government oppression and like you know there is there's plenty of that you know there's yeah, plenty of like dude. big brother type thing i think in one of your tracks i heard the <laughs> orwellian times yeah yeah you know so there is like plenty of that but the, there's also just like a very social aspect to it right it might even be like trite to say at this point but like it's sort of true that like even though we're like more connected in many ways it disconnects us all these like devices that we're like trying to connect through oh, yeah, you know man. like we're having a conversation via computers right now that's very true i mean that's really the basis for a lot of these songs in a lot of ways i mean it, i think that what not to say that i'm borrowing or even kind of in unison like coming with some sort of similar direction of like a, like an like a show that's written like black mirror or anything like that but it 
but I I relate to, and I think all of us, and I think that's why the show's so successful. And, and it's it's like it it it's captivating because it's showing you the relationship between technology and humans, the falling out of that, mm. the lack of trust that you have within each other, and then all the experts that are created because of a discourse of facts. So it's like for me writing lyrics has always been a struggle and um and this project specifically like i'm not only coming off of a a very arguous and challenging relationship long distance relationship that did not work um but through that communication breakdown you you know i'm seeing what i'm taking in all this information as well just like everyone else um you know the problems going on in the world just 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 human beings acting crazy um and my I guess my solitude or my way of finding you know also through actual therapy but you know like uh, another therapeutic shout process out. has yeah shout out therapy um another therapeutic process has been to really kind of release and just kind of um if I was to if I was to have an empty canvas and I could just throw all my, all my thoughts and and just how I feel um and and just everything um that's basically what i'm doing with this project which which sounds in a way it's it is very simple i mean it's just being honest and writing about things that are going on um but i think sometimes that can be very challenging if you know if you don't feel uh comfortable sharing those experiences Mm. so now i'm like you know i'm I'm just sharing my point of view and and being very trying to be trying to be very confident in it so yeah I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited to to keep working on some more music, but I'm really excited about this this batch of music that I'm hopefully trying to release um, end of the summer, mid fall. I have a lot of work to do as far as like video and getting people involved and helping me create uh, the necessary visual and introduction to to this stuff. Because I could just release music, but I, I'd like to at least, you know, I'd like to at least have have some things happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that like extra stuff, which is yeah, because I'm terrible at that myself. <laughs> I've I've been like itching because I've been like trying to uh, improve my like graphic design shit. Yeah, because uh, I've been doing like photography now for a minute, and I'm like, well, what? What? You're if great. I, like... You're you're an amazing photographer, by the way. Thanks, man. Yeah, and, uh, it feels it was it was something that came out of a lot of isolation and grief. Yeah that like a, like during a time of that and um you know it was just like it was super meditative i was just i just started like walking around like taking long walks last summer just like with my camera and it like i when i was doing that i was not thinking and like sometimes like that's what you need to do yeah it's very graceful yeah that's what's up man but yeah uh thank you it's a good it's a it's a great thing to i mean that time specifically but you know like feeling feeling like doing something like that even on the days where it's tough to just get up you know and just kind of just going out and capturing those moments like you'll you'll have that forever you know so yeah it's pretty cool but yeah now i'm like itching for to expand it i want to like put even more like creative intent into it and then also like try to add like more design elements so yeah like album covers is and related like visual stuff is something i always like think about a lot and like look at a lot uh, when someone releases a like that's actually how i go through uh the new releases um on like you know apple music every week 
um is that like i say fuck that age-old saying like don't judge a book by its cover if it if it's got a cool cover design i might just grab it you know yeah like i want to i want to check out like if it if it captures me if it feels like there was intent in that design yeah you know and and you know that might lead to something interesting within and you know not not to say that i'm always right but often i'm not wrong (laughs) (laughs) yes so yeah i can i can definitely see why you'd want like a want to figure out visuals for for these songs because uh these four that i i've heard yeah because i don't know they were they were very like airy and atmospheric and yet like still very very groovy and i definitely heard that thundercat influence that he was on your list yeah oh yeah yeah he's um he's like and, and i think thundercat has such a he has such a pull just as like a musician and just like uh like just a, an absolute fucking gymnast on, on bass um you know he's his fluidity and you know his his knowledge and just you know he's, he's clearly been doing the damn thing for a long time for for many artists um but yeah when i heard his bass playing for the first time i was like i yeah you're like, like i've heard funk before but like this is yeah. like this is like wild bones and shit yeah so yeah. for me it was my my real love for him is just his lyrics and um how much he's his music has made me feel way less alone um just with his whims you know the whimsical like his sense of humor um and the way he ties that in the things he's into like you know he's we're, we're into like virtually the same thing i mean like anime and and like you know like cool art and meme humor and stuff like that so i mean he's a very um he's cool too i mean he's one of the only artists that i've seen perform that i'm like really into that you know i've had a chance to chat with like you know like multiple mm. times and he's just he's oh shit so, nice yeah he's like he's so easy to get along with and we didn't even we barely even talked about music like we just talked about like burping and like ramen <laughs> like it was it was like the most like human experience ever no he seems like he'd be a really friendly guy and like yeah yeah you can also tell that he has like a really great sense of humor even just by listening to his songs yeah, I swear to God, it's like a bass player thing. It's like if I was to choose to meet any person from any band ever, it would probably just, it would be the bass player. I feel like, like even Paul Bender from uh, Hiatus Coyote, I got to chat with him after a show one time. <laughs> also, the cool, like literally the coolest guy ever. Like Paul Bender from Hiatus Coyote is like funniest guy. Like he was like in no rush to like leave the conversation. He was just chilling with me, and like they were like, "Paul, we gotta go." <laughs> he was like, "All right, mate, <laughs> see you." <ya." laughs> I was like, "But uh, that was cool." Yeah. Uh, but yeah thundercat's a big influence for me for sure um i just love his tones and and just i like his interpretation and his his admiration for you know groups like steely dan and you know BG. hey friends of the show never been on but except except when uh dylan comes on he's like a, another austin pudding staffer he, he's uh like co-hosted some episodes he's not he's not in the into the dan He's not into the Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not like a huge. So my father, I grew up listening to that a lot with my with my father, kind of just blaring yeah, it, like, like cookouts and stuff. So I kind of like associated it with like the lifestyle that you know, like grilling burgers and just like smashing beers and stuff. So I, 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 I don't think I really, I don't think I really appreciated the artistic sense, but until I was like older, but and then I appreciated. Oh the yeah, yeah, I yeah. Get it. I, I actually didn't like them 
for a, a like as a teenager same. yeah same yeah because yeah. i i was just like you know what like what is this like it's just like kind of <laughs> nonsense shit that my dad listens to yeah it's like I, I think it was like really once my dad started getting back into buying records after i got into buying records yeah uh that like he busted out a bunch of his old like steely dan records and i was like you know like i i i, I had never heard asia is the oh thing. shit okay okay yeah, yeah i had never heard asia and when i heard asia everything changed about okay. steely dan for me Interesting. Uh, yeah um shout out asia yeah that's pretty cool like yeah that one that one's like super super groove based like yeah that's a totally different um sound yeah i was that's oh cool. what one of the because like reeling in the years is like one of the earliest songs i can like remember hearing there's like a, there's like a a list of like songs that i have like distinct memories of hearing yeah that's campfire thrill in, yeah that's like that's like i think they're i don't know I don't yeah that's the, the no it's the first album like, no, yeah that's the first, first album, album. Yeah. yeah yeah and Can't buy uh, but i had because one of the <laughs> other ones like early songs is like once in a lifetime by talking heads and oh. i was like just thinking of like like i was a like a kid and i was like thinking of songs like that those are both songs kind of about the the passage of time you know and how like you get blindsided and that like catches up to you and i don't know why like i must be like an old soul or something you know or, like i was a, like a child like musing on like how strange and i've anytime media like kind of plays with that concept whether it's just like you know a, a simple song about how like oh shit like how did I get here? <laughs> yeah. Or like, um, did you ever see the the Digimon movie? Like the first Digimon movie? Oh yeah. So that that movie fucking changed the way I think about narrative structure in storytelling. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's really cool. Because that was between like they were about to switch like the the characters from like the early seasons, and they were about to like introduce a new gen. And so the way they bridged that gap was with the movie where like the the original character roster like fought like a villain and then years later like it flash forwards like two or three years or something and to like focus on the new characters with their new digimon and like for whatever reason they have to go inside the internet because like the previous monster like like the 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 villain from the first half didn't actually die like just moved right right into, yeah, yeah. into like cyberspace uh, I mean, because I mean, did like the the Digimon world like existed in cyberspace? They like entered. Yeah, it was like part of the the concept. But yeah, I, I was like, yo, this is wild. They just like drop any so any like movie that did that, where it's just like a wild change up of like the characters like halfway through, is just so fucking cool to me. It's cool and bold. It's like yeah. It, yeah, it's it's really really cool. It's almost like it gives you it gives you a feeling that they're like I'm trusting you with multitasking this story. Yeah. Out. Well, also it like just like plays with your expectations because they've kind of like pulled the rug out from under you where you've gotten used to these things. David Lynch does it a lot. Like yeah. uh like Lost Highway that happened. Yeah. Like even though technically it's the same character, like he becomes another person. Lost kind Highway of. fucked me up. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, it's it's fuck I mean it like the creepiest character in that movie is a is a literal murderer like right. robert blake is like so the, oh the creepy guy like when i first saw him, i didn't even know robert blake was like 
I didn't know him and I saw that movie and I was like, that's so fucking creepy. And then I like was looking him up later and I was like, oh, he killed his wife. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's really intense. (laughs) Talk about great writers. David Lynch and um, David Byrne. Yeah. You know, in two different respects, but like just really good at. um, What's the word? Um, Neurodivergent. Um, Hmm. And like David Bowie was kind of similar in a lot of ways, too. Those are a lot like David Bowie and David Burner. Must be a David thing. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Bowie um, is like one of my big, like, like probably like one of my biggest influences. And just like, you know, like when I try to do like creative stuff, but also just like kind of in general, like, yeah. That's a big influence too for a lot of, for these tracks. Um, Black Star is, I think for him, it was kind of like a little bit of a, obviously it was a final, but like, that was like, he Mm. just kind of dove into like, kind of like that 90s sound that he had a little bit fusion. So did you listen to it the day it came out, like before yeah, he died? Yeah, my mom yeah. was like a super fan of David Bowie, so she was very emotional, and it and it left me very emotional. So like, yeah, well, because it was like he re- he released it, uh, you know, it came out on Friday, and then he right. like passed on Sunday, but right. we didn't find out about it till Monday, right? Not knowing that he was like, because he obviously knew, yeah, and very tight circle knew, yeah, and so like. I the first time I listened to it when it came out, I was like, this is really cool. But I didn't like when I went back after that weekend, I was like, oh, yeah, like this is someone who is aware of. Of, you know, how much time he had left. Yeah, man, it's it's really crazy to think about like coolest albums The even the musicianship like Mark, I I was hip to Mark Juliana before that. Well, he never he never stopped trying to do something new, like even up exactly. until the end. Yeah, man. Uh, even though, like, you know, in the it. in the 90s, there's plenty of 90s and 2000s. There's plenty of shit that, like, yeah, you can skip right over. But he never stopped trying to do something else. Yep. He was doing his own thing. And, you know, there's like other a lot of other artists. Like, I always appreciate that about an artist where, like, I will always check out. Like, there's still Bowie shit that I want. And I know that, like even on bad projects is still probably some good tracks that I'll, I'll be like, wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. I've, like I had never listened to this album before. Like, I don't think I've listened to heathens. I don't oh, know really? how, like, like what the, the track breakdown on that is like, it's good. It was, it's yeah, it's good. It's a good record, but yeah, I feel like there's usually a reason that some, some records kind of go under the radar. Yeah. Uh, at least for me, like I'm not like a huge heathens fan, but it's, it's good. Yeah, it was what, like I will hear it eventually. I know because like I want a lot of like, records. He's got a lot yeah. of records. No, and I, I like going through that. Like I also like the idea that like I'll have new Bowie. Like it's it'll be new Bowie to me when when I hear it. Yeah, you know? and it's always so weird. Like it's it doesn't sound like the time that it's released, and you're like, yeah, planet is this from? <laughs> Uh, so another like that same year there was like when leonard cohen passed he released an album like a week or two before and that like that one was a lot more obvious uh i think probably because i had like but like bowie had already happened right and and like even though prince didn't do that like prince still passed and i was i was kind of like uh leonard cohen's about to die (laughs) uh prince another another huge Huge another influence. another artist who like popped into my mind after Bowie, like we were talking about 
just like there's so much and he always was like trying to do something new and he's an artist that like i again i haven't listened to everything but when i do listen to an album even if it's like even if it's not good all the way through like there's still some tracks that like pop up that i'm like holy shit like yeah you know he like he still had it like right um like uh what, what's the one from like 99 2000 uh like rave unto the joy fantastic oh yeah yeah, yeah. there's <laughs> like it's not great all the way through but there's yeah. some like man of war is like like fuck like yeah. holy the shit instrumentation instrumentation's insane. yeah <laughs> and that's you know that's a maybe that's a good segue what's the you sent one of your songs i was like the i think it was the one that was i think kind of the obvious one about like long distance relationship is it the turn me out one uh probably yeah yeah i think so is it the but, turn me out bit um yeah that one is uh i'm sure some you know artists that maybe record in a solitary way can can relate but um i'm not really too experienced with uh just straight up losing my shit crying while making a song mm. uh, but that was probably one of the first songs where i was you know i i was really really struggling with getting through tracking certain things um just because of how the melodies were playing with my i guess with how i was feeling mm. uh so i mean it was really it was really interesting um because that specific song came extremely quickly like a lot of these songs have been kind of sitting like like a similar idea or like the the root idea or the catalyst of the song has been kind of sitting in a loop station or you know in like an like a just a like a, a small file um that hasn't really been worked on too much but this one specific like that one specifically i just i had a bass i think i just i learned how to do like a polyphonic like tempo change on like a drum Ooh. track <laughs> um and that alone just kind of like sparked like a like a bass um some bass chords that i had in my mind and and it was actually also influenced by um i i had the night i think the night right before that i was at hassan barclay's show at rockwell and i just got them this is where i i think this is where i, I saw you for the first time like after a long time mm -hmm. uh, in person but um i saw uh that artist lazy um and she oh yeah, yeah and like there's something about That's her fantastic. set where i yeah i like I, I don't know what it was but it just it was so enchanting and like the music was so um it was a really good addition to that bill too yeah, yeah because it, it was they, like different enough so tight. yeah like it, it was like it, it honestly like their performance was like they've been a group they've been a group for like a decade like i don't know maybe that's the case i don't know how old they are they, they seem pretty young but it it that boosted me to to just be like the way that her music and her words and like just like their overall aesthetic was really getting through to me i was like it kind of gave me um a, a little bit of a push to be more honest with uh lyrical approach and you know and and then i mm -hmm. kind of like you said started writing about Oh, so that that's recent then, because that show is 420. <laughs> yeah. So I mean that yeah, that specific one was probably the most that in happening, the one that I just sent you today. Um, mm. those two are like probably the most recent recording projects or songs that I that I um that I'm nearing the finish with. 
I'm tired and um Letter for a Lover. Letter is for actually, a Lover. That's is... actually the one that I was thinking of. But oh, okay, yeah. Well, yeah. that yeah. Both. I mean, well, both of them are are basic. Yeah, Letter for a Lover and and um and uh, Turn Me Out are both both relationship oriented for the most part. Um, yeah. I think Letter to a Lover drew me in because I've been reading um, Kafka's uh, Letters to Milena, which was like you know he began this like correspondence with this woman he hadn't met and like they're like super passionate like romantic letters but like oh, i'm, you know, that, I'm familiar with Kafka, but i'm not familiar with that i definitely yeah. I, should, I, I you know his well so i've always like like he's a great writer and like a pivotal important writer but like every time i read him there's always like it's like there's there's always felt like a like a sort of like wall like they're mm. like i can't there's something impenetrable about his writing yeah and so to to read like nonfiction, like him being like completely honest and open about his like passion and desire for this this woman was like like completely changed uh, like it, it like it's my favorite thing i've read by him well i should check that out yeah yeah letter for lovers uh kind of like um it's kind of like a weird, weird outcast influence. Um, <laughs> uh, Love Below, kind of a little bit. Uh, yeah, I can hear that. I can hear that. Um, Andre, Andre 3000 and kind of his his delivery. And he kind of has like a little bit of like a chip on the shoulder when he, at least that's my take on it. Like, you know, like the way he writes like love songs and stuff like that. Like, you know, he just has like this really, really enamoring if that's a word uh i'm enamored by his his writing about yeah, if you can be enamored by something then something can be enamoring hell yeah yeah that's fucking verbs <laughs> confirmed <laughs> using that english degree <laughs> let's go um yeah. so yeah and then like the there's actually uh funny enough you know Catman. i'm sure yeah, yeah um so him and i've been friends for a long time and he sent me a a wave pack or like a just like a, a fi- like a bunch of files from Tony Hawk Pro Skater and they're just all these sounds. Fuck yeah. So the beginning of that song is Can you send that to me. Yeah, or yeah. When you have it yeah after this yeah, you have a chance. Yeah, yeah, I got you. And then like it, it actually it's cool. It comes with the um the corresponding uh, movie files for each sound. So you know like like it oh, like, yeah, yeah. a small video of it too attached. Um I don't I don't have any use for those but the sounds in general um it's nice to have the context I guess Yeah you know? yeah for sure um, but yeah but, I mean if you want to save on some space storage right. wise <laughs> Yeah yeah you can delete those no. Um but the the beginning and the end are um I just kind of like detuned I reformatted and detuned and then like played out um it's the the secret tape sound when you like when you like run into the Okay yeah tape. yeah uh, so the beginning of that is just a bunch of elongated and pitched differently secret tape sounds. So, I mean, I just kind of like threw that in there as like a, it's a little Easter egg. Nice. But yeah, the, the song is a lot more uh, personal than um, secret tape attainment in Tony Hawk. Uh, it's definitely like really uh, accepting of um, things not working, mm-hmm. even though that's I think that's like a daily task is to accept failure um yeah. in, in multiple ways it doesn't have to necessarily be a relationship um but yeah that one is uh 
pretty deep for me. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I don't really have a lot of experience writing songs about my feelings uh, per se, or, or even feeling like I'm translating them accurately. So I can listen back to the song and be like, I, I did myself, I did due diligence with at least whatever, whatever canvas I was painting, I know, or whatever mm. I'm trying to create for people to listen to. I, I can imagine that they'd understand like what it's about. So yeah, that's good. I'm glad that it translates because yeah. I think that that's the most important thing with just like music and I guess, you know, art and music is like, you know, I, I, I love creating art for people really. You know, like I love to, to relate and I love to connect because I, I, in a way I owe it to all the artists that, that made me feel like I, you know, I was connected with. So, yeah. Well, it's like a way to, to communicate things that are like beyond what verbal communication can achieve, yeah. Yeah. which like, you know, verbal communication is incredibly important, you know? Yeah. But also there's, I feel like there's so many, there's so much under the surface of that to experience, to emotion, to expression, to feeling. That's why we have art. I'm now thinking of one of the, one of the more famous quotes from that Kafka book, <laughs> further plug Kafka. Uh, <laughs> like I, like I said, I, I was, had like kind of read this after our like we initially planned to um to talk like two weeks ago Absolutely. and then and then so like i've been so it's fresh i've been like sitting on it uh and so now re having revisited your tracks today with like so much of it in mind oh wow it's That's like cool. yeah i want i want the fucking quote page from goodreads I'm going to cut out this, like, me searching for shit online. Okay. Yeah. All right. So here's the quote. I am constantly trying to communicate something incommunicable, to explain something inexplicable, to tell about something I only feel in my bones and which can only be experienced in those bones. Basically, it is nothing other than this fear we have so often talked about. But fear spread to everything. Fear of the greatest as of the smallest. Fear, paralyzing fear of pronouncing a word. Although this fear may not only be fear, but also a longing for something greater than all that is fearful. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't think that there's the fact that, I mean, yeah, um, that's, that's brilliant one. And I think tying even just anything of, the, of that notion, even a, a quadrant of, of that whole thing is exactly what I think really what not only that song is really about, but um, just in general, just a, a, I think a feeling for a lot of people that are involved in any sort of relations with people in any way and don't want to be alone. Um, and, and there's a fear. Yeah. Of, there is that fear that it's just it, you don't you don't really know how to describe it. So, yeah. And I, th I think like growing more comfortable with that feeling of fear totally. is important in like to approach as an individual to approach a relationship of any kind with like another person like you know i i think if you are not comfortable with that then that's kind of what causes us to like act out and like that you know cause tension in the relationship exactly where like with someone that we probably just want to be tender with you know right yeah and with you know, tenderness is, there's nothing better than it. And, you know, I, I think that 
it could be factors that are you know you just you just can't control or you know it could be could be things that are you know avoidable and and stuff like that but uh i think the main thing is is if you don't have you know if you don't leave enough room and enough energy for for yourself or you know even if you're if you still haven't really discovered that or how to do that you know it is it is extremely important to never neglect that and to, yeah and you got to remember to be tender with yourself too because yes. i mean sometimes you'll want to be tender towards another person and yeah. that'll you know be rebuffed yep you can only get you so far yeah yeah and so you take know take care of yourself re, yeah redirect it like that care you wanted to to give and show yeah. is redirected back to yourself and you know right yeah it's, i think it's very important to you know just kind of um be, being in, in at peace of mind no matter what and just you know obviously with accountability but you know and just honesty um that's been at least for me that's you know i'm trying to center on uh just just trying to be the best person at least better than the day before you know what i mean like yeah. that's 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 really all i can ask for myself it's very cliche and very you know but yeah. it's, it's sometimes i think a lot of cliches are cliches just because they're so obviously true that yeah, man. you know if maybe if more people just like accepted those cliches as as truth then we wouldn't have to repeat them to yeah. the point of becoming cliche yeah yeah we're 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 getting deep on this friday <laughs> on the magic school bus i'm honestly i'm gonna be real i'm in a pretty vulnerable state right now because <laughs> I, I had to shut the shut the windows yeah in my room because like you know for audio quality mm -hmm. purposes and it gets real humid up in here uh, oh yeah i'm also yeah. the same so i have construction happening um that's been happening uh, across from me for like a year and a half long story <laughs> yeah. do you live in I boston by the way <laughs> yeah uh, yeah yeah if you couldn't tell right um but i you know i, I would have my windows open it's not necessarily the, the breeziest day and there's a ton of pollen and i hate pollen it's pretty like this yeah it's not breezy and the sun is out yeah so it's, it's like, it is it's humid it's sticky so. i like i gotta go i'm hit, hitting uh ugly duck down oh, cool. in dorchester later yeah they're having me having me over come by to like talk to the crew nice. and i'm i'm like remember to wear sunscreen when you leave <laughs> yeah uh, throw that spf on yeah yeah that's on it when i was watching you last week at bams because the stage was set up great for my photography purposes because the right. sun was shining right on it like directly on it like the stage was facing the sun yeah i was getting nailed yeah i could i definitely got a few photos of you i was like this one kind of looks like he's staring directly into the sun and i <laughs> and oh really like, i hope he's wearing sunscreen <laughs> <laughs> i've uh I yeah, you're like squinting that. a little like, it, yeah. like it must have been super bright up there yeah i think oh man i gotta learn to hide hide <laughs> my uh my annoyances on stage uh, but yeah, there was a few times where I was just like, I was getting pelted with just the sun and I like, and I was wearing pants, I'm wearing pants. I'm just like, yo, mm. those pants are like, they're pretty heavy. They're yellow, but they're heavy. Yeah. So I was going to say, I remember the yellow, like distinctly in my, uh, my mom, my mom hits me up and she goes, I saw you on TV. I was like, how? She's like, you're on channel four for like 30 seconds. I saw you with your, your yellow pants. <laughs> I was like, nice. I didn't, I had no idea that there was any like coverage. Um, news wise besides yeah i saw like a, a 
reporter there at one point. Oh shit! Yeah, no idea. Yeah, that was a, it. Was a cool time. I wish I could have made it there Saturday for Tori's set, um, and also seeing you know the the God Grandmaster Flash. Yeah, it was it was all so good. Like I was, like his set was like a fucking party, and oh. you know, you, like everyone was hype as fuck. But it was also like really really touching and like oh man you know again left me just left me thinking about like how fleeting everything is and how important it is to cherish the people in your life like at any given time and also to like honor the people you've lost you know along the way whether and i'm not not just talking about like death just sometimes people exit your life and go yeah and yeah, because he did like, uh, like a tribute like to rappers who've passed, and like you know mixed their songs in and out of each other, and That's like dope. he began it with like a like a, you know he was on the mic talking about um, uh, Keith Cowboy, yeah, uh, and you know like R.I.P. Yep, and you know like that's they were the two of them working together was like foundational to like hip-hop's existence and so the picture i posted of uh like like i'm still going through all the pictures of that day to like and i want to send them you know over to to the bams organizers and like also the artists but like the the picture i used of grandmaster flash is like during that moment oh wow and like the lighting at that moment wasn't great so i had to like adjust for exposure because i really wanted like his facial expression because it was like like that's like when i was editing i was like this is what someone looks like when they're not in grief but like thinking about someone close to them that they've lost right and that's the sometimes the thing i've noticed about photography is like the ability to capture intimacy in a split sec like a fraction of a second yeah that like this incredibly like he like he's a he's a fucking legend and here's this small moment of like intimacy and vulnerability yeah that's so good yeah he he liked he liked the post or like if he doesn't run his own socials i don't know but like he liked the post and that's like like mentally i did a little like jump up and heel click i was like whoopee Yeah. (laughs) yeah no that's that's amazing that's so cool that's Grandmaster Flash, man. That's the yeah. that he's, a, he's a historian, a librarian of hip hop. Like, yeah, you know, he's there's not there's especially like DJs or just you know librarians of music like that. Like, this it's not there's not it's it's not necessarily like an, uh, an endangered species, but you know, DJ Premier, uh, you know, DJ Qbert, even just the art of of being a DJ and and spinning yeah. records and like you know in hip hop like it's a it's a it's a really really uh important piece of history uh yeah and, and i'm and i'm really it's so cool that he was able to connect with like you know with all those people at that festival damn yeah. i was working that night i wish i was wish i could have been there i mean i was kind of there in, in spirit you know but it was like oh man that's definitely such a huge it was, moment. like i can't remember the last time i was at a festival and literally every artist just fucking killed it yeah like you know like i've been at festivals and like you know, like I haven't vibed with like all right, but like, you know, they have their fans. But like I've been at festivals and I'm not gonna name names that 
just didn't sound great or like even artists I was excited to see like didn't have like an ideal set right. and just like this was I think there was one artist on on uh Zaya Bell on day one where there was like a little technical difficulty before the set but other like still uh no that was Friday that oh, was, Friday. That was oh. like after you guys oh okay yeah oh I remember that I remember that yeah I remember because I I was trying to get out of there um because uber prices were like yeah i bet but trying to get out of there was a nightmare i and i would like because i live in north cambridge so i took the yeah. red line down to the orange line and i like got off at like green street and just like walked over like through the park and it was, it was yeah. really nice i got some you know film shots of the like yeah. franklin park like that's a little jaunt yeah and I, anytime i end up at that field i always forget that like the zoo's right there and the zoo is so my grandfather was like one of the head engineers designing i think the gorilla enclosure and per, and maybe that's the great. bird cages oh wow yeah and so like that's you know that like that's a very anytime i'm there you know like i feel that like energy yeah. energy of like you know this is like part of like my like answer what brought me here you know yeah like this, like I have like some kind of soul tie to this and I haven't yeah. been to the zoo in years, but like I've been, I've ended up at that field, but yeah, I forgot that it like that, that field is called the playstead. And so right. when I ended up there, I was like, oh shit, I'm back. <laughs> That's so cool. That's a pretty cool history. Building, building, building a gorilla enclosure and bird cages. Like that's, that's pretty cool. I want to know more about that guy. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, so this is uh, you brought up on the on the list. Uh, you mentioned family, so we're talking family now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. On the list of influences, uh, this a shout out to my mom. It's her birthday today. Happy birthday! Happy That's birthday, awesome. June. Happy birthday! Her name's June. So yeah, I think a good a great day to like talk about family. Yeah, um, I'm I'm really lucky. Uh, you know, I my I grew up. A little bit different than than most, I would say. And you know, I my mom's had multiple sclerosis since I was born, or before I was born. So, you know, I I grew up kind of like more of like a caretaker than than you know just being a kid. You know, I grew up really fast. You know, part of you know there's a lot of struggles that come with that, but I'm but I'm yeah. I'm entirely grateful for. I think a lot of the things that I learned and not necessarily like disciplines, but I think just like appreciation and uh, for the little things and, and stuff like that. Um, my father is, you know, being a musician, very integral part of my life. Um, they're both still kicking it. They live in the South shore. Um, but what town uh, are you from? I moved around a shit ton. Oh, okay. um, I, I was born in Quincy. Um, I lived there for like five years and we basically just adjusted and moved uh, to places that were either, you know, uh, better financially for my, my father, closer to work or like more um, mm -hmm. like uh, disabled friendly, um, you know, or like, uh, like, you know, just like more, more ergonomic for my mother uh, to just get around. Mm -hmm. Right when I was about six, she had a stroke. So what was basically, you know, like early onset MS that didn't really have like a lot of, she didn't really like have like anything that was like, affecting her yet um but when she had the like a stroke um when i was six it kind of like impaired half of her body in a way um yeah. like in, in a way like uh like like paralyzed um but she started to gain function back 
over time. Um, but still kind of like, you know, like her left side was pretty limited to, you know, like physical movement, um, mobility, uh, stuff of that nature. And then, uh, she's, I mean, her, her attitude, um, and just her overall outlook, I think day to day is like extremely admirable. And I can't imagine, you know, being physically, uh, you know, disabled and unable to like leave the house when I want to and stuff like that. And she's got such a great attitude and, and, you know, she's an incredible sense of humor and even the darkest of times, like she's laughing about shit. So I'm very lucky for, uh, the, the, the circumstance, you know, and it, it sucks, but at the same time, you know, it's like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't change a thing. And my brother is, uh, I have one brother, he's 44, I'm 33. So he's 11 years older than me. So I grew up with, because we moved around a lot, my brother was, you know, he was growing up in the nineties when like hip hop graffiti, break dancing, you know, just kind of just doing teenager things. He was getting into some trouble when I was younger. So uh, but he also, I mean, he was, he was probably, my brother's probably the biggest influence to style art. And I would say just in general, like where music came from, uh, hip hop, like my dad was like, kind of, you know, like rock and roll. And mm-hmm. my dad didn't listen to hip hop until, until I grew up and started liking it. Yeah. He's like, maybe I should, you know, change my, my, um, my assumptions and all this shit because his, his idea of hip hop was like, or like rap was like NWA and like, just like that, that was it. Like there was like, he didn't know who Jay Dilla was or anything like mm-hmm. that. Like he, and you know, NWA is incredible, but like, I think his, the only thing he knew about rap was like it's ties and, and the media's <laughs> ties to uh, yeah. make it about gang violence and all this shit. And like, I was I mean, like, similar man, to the way like Metallica was represented and you know, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I was like, like metal and hip hop and yeah. You know, these subgenres were like, there was so much resistance and like, right. the, Yeah just to their their very existence yeah like parents just blaming musical artists for taking their kids away from them it's like no you should maybe just spend more time with them yeah, <laughs> yeah what like what if instead of like rejecting this thing that they're clearly very interested in like, what with. if you showed interest yeah and i've yeah. never had kids so what the fuck do i know i've only Same. one <laughs> Same. i like got into hip-hop in like middle school i was the older brother so like i like didn't have like that sort of like like I got had I looked up to my like cousins in that way like yeah. the Metallica thing right but like hip-hop was fully just like on my own I was like a white kid from the the suburbs so it's like Eminem was the gateway yep uh and but yeah it just like opened it like the deal was like my dad was like oh that shit's not music uh and yes, but he yes. was like i'll like <laughs> like all right you can get those albums if you get like like they can't have the parental advisory sticker on them they have to be the censored versions so by after eighth grade i think like it was the summer before high school i was like i've fucking had it because i know what they're saying <laughs> and it's like it's it's really just taking me out of the music to not to hear their like words interrupted uh and so I like ended up getting like parental advisory, like you know the unedited copies of a few albums. NWA was like the first batch I got. I think it was like straight out of Compton was on there. Um, uh, I think there was one Ja Rule album. Um, it was I forget which one. It's not the it's not the one with like the red background. 
I forget Ja Rule. That's the one that I had in my mind. I forget what the name of it yeah. is. Good old Ja Rule. There, yeah. <laughs> Shout out Ja Rule. Someone I I don't think I appreciated as much at that time who I've like gone back to him like, yo, there was Murder Inc. was fucking killing it at that time. Dude, they were th- those were those prom bangers that you were just like, mm. everyone's everyone's wearing a, a rented dress and tuxedo and everyone's dancing like they have, can't dance. And that those <laughs> I, I mean, mean no one at a middle down. school at like the middle school dance dances at Furnaceburg Middle School in Marshfield, Massachusetts. I don't think anyone knew how to dance enough to even attempt. It was, you know, middle school dances, like my memory is just like people along the walls, you know, it's like girls, boys. Just like nodding their heads, like, who's gonna go first? Yeah. And then the, and then there was Tiffany? like oh Tiffany's gonna go. Yeah. yeah. And then there was like always like one couple that like had no no shame and they were usually yeah. like they're just like grinding hard. They were usually like yeah, like the most nerdy ones or like the you know, like some like more like socially outcast demographic. Just that, the com- like, all right. So or like just, the super gothy kids were like dancing, you know. The the concept of I'm just thinking about separating myself completely like in in any way like from a first person experience of this like we both clearly have and just thinking about this from like a complete foreign take on seeing a bunch of suburban white people dressed like that as teenagers like 13 year old kids grinding to like yeah. little john and like not like they've never heard of this before in their life like like let's let's even say an alien intelligence comes yeah. down. like this is this is this is the I, I think I this think so most intelligent life would very would be like all right. This is very obviously like a an early attempt at a mating ritual, <laughs> but <laughs> they, uh, they would always end every dance ended in "I Don't Want to Miss a Thing" by Aerosmith. Oh my god, dude! Because uh, so I mean, Steven Tyler, oh Joey god. Kramer were Marshfield residents, so it was like. I've taught. No, I brought them up again. Fuck, I can't keep bringing up Aerosmith on this show. That's okay. Oh, is that like friends? Yeah. Well, because I've talked. You know, I like that. Like, I like whenever Marshfield's brought up. Like, this is a music show, so like, I've I end up talking about like Steven Tyler. And, like, he lived like a like a less than a mile away from me. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. So I I lived in Carver for like eleven years. Okay. Was like, was like oh close, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like kind of close to Marshfield. Um, I had a good friend of mine that lived in Marshfield for a long time too. Um, but I used to go to the Marshfield Fair, like yeah, a fair bit, you know, from time to time. Um, I haven't been since I was like fourteen or fifteen. There used to just always be a fight. Like there'd just be like a bunch of dudes in like Echo T-shirts, just like throwing fists, and I'm just like, why is, you know? It was definitely a pl- like growing up there like the fair was like a place where shit went down like yeah like i like i know a <laughs> bunch of people who got in fights there like in middle school right yeah i i stopped going because it just it started feeling just weird and i was like i, I don't want to fucking go like this is supposed to be like fucking carnival rides and like what the fuck like shout out to shout out to the jeff Dahmer episode where he's just public indecency at a fair that probably happens too i'm sure <laughs> just public, just indecent no, no no what is it indecent exposure or something oh, okay yeah i i was gonna say i don't 
go in for any like Dahmer media. So be I actually share a birthday with Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh really? Yeah. I I when I when I when I list uh uh like the people I share a birthday with, like I really love the list, and then there's like fucking Jeffrey Dahmer. Like you know them with. Uh well I so the other like my favorite person I share a birthday with is Biggie Smalls. Oh hell yeah! When's your birthday? May twenty first. Okay. Um, yeah. Also, Havoc from Mob Deep. So there's like a, a couple really good rappers. Uh, Kevin Shields from My Bloody Valentine, who I've like, Loveless is one of my top albums ever. Fucking Noel Fielding from like The Mighty Boosh and Great British Baking Show. And then uh, Alexander Pope, who the first person to compi- compile an English language dictionary. And oh, sure. then Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the way you said it too is uh yeah. so i have weird ones i have ice cube nice um what's it what's what's the day by the way june 15th oh no oh yeah yeah. i remember it was it was recently fairly recent yeah. yeah um my favorite one is um lisa uh lisa del giocondo who's the woman in in uh in uh mona lisa oh shit nice pull 14 she was born in 1479 to she lived in 1542 i almost said 19 imagine that she lived she lived for fucking 600 years just preserved yeah i I'm think kidding. that's really Checking who else there's a bunch of names i don't even recognize uh, just uh, about, <laughs> uh neil patrick harris um okay but uh it's about this those are the only people i could find um I share a birthday with a few friends, uh, Charlie Riddell. Uh, um, he's an editor for. Uh, you share a birthday with Xi Jinping. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even see that one. That's sick. That's amazing. That's uh, even cooler. That's, I mean, that's cooler than Neil Patrick Harris for me. Well, I mean, he's, you know, like. Uh, very highly criticized if the chinese government oh yeah is, no he's yeah, yeah he's, no that's so cool that's so cool that that xi jinping uh yeah what a great what a great guy amazing uh, thank hello, you hello chinese government um him and i are we are jim belushi uh, fucking jim belushi oh really yeah dude this list i'm getting is whack do you are you on wikipedia uh no i'm on i uh, always just go to wikipedia for like for the day so june 15th there's like Helen a, Hunt. Yeah, Helen Hunt. Wade Boggs, baby. The have you ever done the Wade, Wade Boggs, Boggs challenge baby. on your birthday? Uh, <laughs> have you seen that episode of uh It's Always Sunny where they no. do like the Wade Boggs? Oh. Uh because Wade Boggs uh was like famously an alcoholic. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And so on right? there's an episode of It's Always Sunny where they do the Wade Boggs challenge where they they're they go on a plane trip. And like to a like a short plane trip to another city, and they have to drink something like forty beers. In this guy the, in the definitely, time. this guy definitely drank a lot. Yeah, you can tell by the cheeks, bro. That... Yeah, you can, like with with white people when they get to that age, like it it's yeah. uh, the blood vessels in their cheeks. I mean, it's not just for white people, but it's very, just very visible on right. white people. Rosacea. Yeah, yeah, that's the word. Thank you. Yeah, I Wade Boggs, baby. Yeah, so maybe next year you should do the Wade Boggs challenge on your birthday. <laughs> Try to drink forty beers 
I'd a, never be on able, a plane I, trip. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even drink four beers. I could drink. Well, I could, but I, I deeply regret it. I'd probably want to yeah. go to sleep and not over drink. a couple hours. I like my work yesterday. We had there was like a beer hour at three, and yeah. so I was like, I was like, I just I want to go up. I was like, I got to get all my work done because I don't want to have to go back down stairs uh, and like try to finish work in the like from four to five after this beer hour. Yeah. I just want to go and have two beers and fucking leave without saying goodbye to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm still going down down this list. I I, I love doing this with people. Courtney Cox, shout Courtney out. Courtney Cox. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You got, you got some good ones. I'm surrounded by some, some figures too, like just in, in the general, the Gemini realm. Yeah. Scary. Like Kendrick, Kendrick, I think Kendrick's 17, which yeah. is dope. But then like Donald Trump's like the day before or after me. Oh yeah. 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 I should have disguised his name. I should have said like, there's, you know, every, every sign's got a few. So I so I've got some some people around like so like Janet Jackson's a few days before me. Um, I know uh, Moses Sumney is like a day or two before me. Shout out Moses. Yeah. Uh, Stevie Wonder's like like the week before me or something. That's Um, the legend right there. Somebody bubble wrap that man and save him. Yeah. I. Hey. You know, whenever that happens, that'll be the saddest day yeah I agree. Uh, in like surrounding that like whatever in whatever you know like, like that that'll be like the saddest day that month like sometimes i'm just listening to stevie wonder and i'm just like just so f- fucking like grateful that he exists and yes, like yeah dude same absolutely he's there's high such a joy in his music absolute hit maker every single song is a is a gem it's a hit yeah I've cried so many times his music. Have you seen the video like of him in this like performing in the 60s? So he's like still fairly young. Um and I mean that's another thing. He like he was so young when he like started getting like famous. But yeah, so he's he's like at the piano and then like the band's jamming out. Um and the drummers the drummers going off and someone walks stevie over to the drum set and without fucking missing a beat like just like slides in like the drummer slides out and he slides in and like transfers the sticks and stevie just keeps fucking going and like you know like i think growing up like before i really got into him and like went deep into his music i kind of just associated him with like piano and keyboards like the 70s 80s and stuff he yeah he like, like he he was a multi instrumentalist. Like I, on um, there's a few tracks on Inner Visions where he's playing all the instruments, everything. Yeah, and uh, it blows my mind. Ugh. That's my that's probably my favorite record of his. Yeah, but yeah. The the earlier yeah, stuff. He sounds. I mean, he sounds like a seasoned. Even just being, you know, his his range of voice as a kid. I mean, he sounds like a like a. He's got like this, this like, alto like tenor voice and he and he, it's it's he kind of sat like similar range to like a, a billy holiday or like a yeah so yeah i mean he's been he's been doing it for such a long time and talk about gifted 
for it. He's he's one of those artists who's just like like his existence makes me believe in a higher power. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, that's so yeah, that's such a yeah, that's the best way to put it. No, in a completely way secular way. I'm just like, yeah, no, like sure. this is like no other other way to put it. Like, yeah, he's like this person's brilliance is like a like a gift from like divinity. Yeah. Makes me definitely believe that there's there's others out there. Because yeah. <laughs> wherever he's from is where I wanna where I wanna be. Yeah. His music puts me in a place where I'm like, yeah. Uh, Superwoman is probably my favorite. Mm. experience because there's just a shift and it goes into this complete just the most the most sad and beautiful shit i've ever heard ever <laughs> yeah that's um, that one's really good yeah i've always been a like super partial to i mean like inner visions like you said it, like i that is also my favorite one yeah and so like don't you worry about a thing is like <laughs> a top one yeah just like doing the latin flair it just it's so good like the intro too where he's like trying to like talk up like the girl and like isn't he's like trying to be like yeah you know i'm very cultured i've been to like right like france yeah yeah very fluent spanish (laughs) yeah and then completely mispronounces it like that's fucking hilarious it's cool yeah yeah (laughs) uh, dude it's crazy because there, I mean, there are people that like make like, you know, they make like kind of like uh, like memes and stuff like that about it. But like the, a lot of his lyrics, like even speak of of looking and seeing. And it's just like the way that he that he frames it. It's yeah. like it's like the your your take on life is like you're seeing the a visions in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Looking back on when I, like you're just like, you know, it, it's yeah. just even though it's like a memory, it's like phrasing it like that. Yeah, it's it's almost like um, and the way that even like songs like Saturn, like the way he describes that shit is like going back to Saturn where the like rings are gold, rainbow, moonbeams and orange and snow. Like, what the hell? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Rainbow moonbeams. All right. Yeah, there's. <laughs> yeah, he like he's he's been touched, you know, that's yeah, all I could go. On, I could go on about seeing one for hours. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Whoever's listening to this, man, if you have this much attention span, I should, I bless you. Like, I appreciate, like, anybody be able to like listen to my thoughts. <laughs> I do think it's about time we should wrap up. Yeah. Because uh, we're going on like an hour and forty. Yeah. But like, this been has really been, cool. this has been so fucking good. I'm yeah, glad dude. we like. Same. You know, like we got pretty deep with this one. Like, this is yeah. like, this is like a. It's a pretty vulnerable episode. I think this is maybe the the most vulnerable episode of this show thus wow. far. And That's I really, cool. really appreciate you for coming on and just being likewise. A, yeah, I'm honored to, yeah. to be a part of that. Um, and even for myself, I I definitely relay the same exact. I give you a huge hug right now. Same, like yeah, if, same, dude. If you know we weren't on Zoom, <laughs> real. but hey, next I hug time, my computer. Time this, this shit's about to. Uh, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, we'll definitely um stay in touch. This is definitely the best part of my week so far. So Thank yeah, you. this was an amazing way to end the week. Uh, going into a long weekend. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Definitely. All right. All right, my friends. Fitzgerald. Thank yes, you sir. so much. Take care. All right. See you. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. There you have it, folks. That was my talk with 
Fitzgerald, formerly known as Reverser. I think maybe in the intro, I had gone back and called him Reverser. It's Fitzgerald now. He changed his name. He, you heard him explain why in the in the show. Anyway, uh, tune in again soon. My next guest on the show will be Chaya, who is a New York-based uh, electronic producer and DJ who specializes in uh, what she has dubbed as Klezztronica, which is like kind of her combination of house music and also traditional klezmer music. Um, uh, traditional like Yiddish folk music. Um, so she's done a lot to try to combine her interest in, you know, rave culture with her Jewish heritage, which is really cool. The music's really cool. Her, our conversation is really cool. We get a little into like Kabbalah and Jewish mysticism. So if you're into any of that, she does a great job at sort of breaking that down and how it informs her artistry, um, which was fascinating to hear about. And so that episode will be coming out soon. I am not giving a date for it because obviously <laughs> at this uh, at this current moment, I cannot be relied upon to get things out in a in a timely, consistent manner. And that's okay. I don't mind. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thank you to Ethan for doing the engineering on this show uh, to make it sound as crisp as possible. And yeah, vote for Alston Pudding and Alston Pudding-related things for the Boston Music Awards. Thank you so much for listening. Have a, have a great time. Have a great unspecified period of time until the next time you hear my voice. Or don't. You're allowed to not have a great time. I, I think it's important to acknowledge that you are more than allowed to have a shitty time. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to urge you to have a shitty time. I hope you have a good time. But if you don't have a good time, that is okay, too. It's perfectly normal. So I'll leave it up to you. Bye.